You are listening to episode 54. On today's episode, I get to interview Jennifer Klein. And Jennifer Klein really wants to change the way women look at working with tools. She works with a lot of DeWalt tools and does a lot of woodworking and creating flags. And really the first time I saw her work was on LinkedIn where she would post these videos of these incredible projects she was working on. She also has a quite a large following on TikTok. And so today we talk about her process and her journey and how she got into woodworking herself and why she wants to really encourage other ladies to take the helm and get right into it if that's something they've ever been inspired to do. Also, if you have been enjoying these episodes, I would love if you could subscribe to me on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave me a review and a comment. I would like to hear how are these episodes impacting and inspiring you. Well, enough about me. On with the episode today. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Brien. everyone and welcome to the Okiki podcast and today I'm very excited to have a very special guest her name is Jennifer Klein and she's actually a content creator on TikTok she does her own flag making and woodworking and it's really refreshing to actually see a lady who's very comfortable you know with woodworking and showing that off so I saw her actually through LinkedIn and she created a lot of videos and just talked about her process and I really wanted to know more about her process and journey so thank you so much for being on the show today it's a pleasure I thank you for having me on that's awesome and I just wanted to know was this actually your path Was this always your path? What was your journey to getting into flag making and creating content about it? Well, it was definitely not even on my radar. My story begins, unfortunately, with a tragedy. Mm -hmm. And that was my husband's death 13 years ago. He was a very handy man. I had no reason to pick up tools. He did everything. And it was after his passing that I was left taking care of our home and filling in the gaps and doing the things that he did. So I literally picked up his tools and taught myself. And that led to me just kind of doing handy things around the house. And as I began to gain more confidence, I started to do bigger things. And then I was sharing them on Facebook. And that led to a friend of mine asking me to make a flag for him. Hmm. So I made a flag and then just started getting orders and it's led to a whole new life. It wasn't anything I planned, but it was something that was planned by God. That's really interesting. And so you were thankfully able to find some sort of positive thing out of a very tough situation. And I guess take what was left from it and 
it turned for good, which is really, really cool. And yes. like you said, created a whole <laughs> other business and a whole other opportunity. And so you said that you hadn't actually picked up tools before that. So what were you doing before all that? And then, yeah, what were some of the changes that happened after, like you mentioned, it opened some of those doors. So Yes. So at the time when I started making flags, I'm a paralegal. I have a background in law, Mm. absolutely had a job that I loved. I worked with our grand jury Mm. and it was a very, um, busy, very, I, you know, I got dressed up every day. You see how I'm, this is what I wear to work now, but it was a great job. I loved Mm. it. I was around people all day long. Mm. The jurors were fantastic. I knew all of the police officers that came in to testify. It just was a you could imagine like a bustling place that just was really exciting. And unfortunately, as things started, and this is kind of one of the life lessons, that when you start to reach your goals and good things are coming and you start to attract attention, that not everyone is comfortable with that. And I happen to have a female boss and it's a lot of drama. I won't get into specifics, but I feel that she became jealous of that and started to target me. And it ultimately wound up in me leaving and me basically starting over. And I'm glad I had my flags to fall back on because that's what has supported me for the last three years. Um, So, but that's just kind of a life lesson. There's not, everyone's going to be happy with good things coming your way and you've just kind of got to roll with it. Yeah. Very interesting. So you had the paralegal job. You also were doing the flags and was it the success of the flags then that kind of created that tension that ultimately Yeah. And that's a really interesting point too, because some companies don't mind side hustles, but some really don't like it. And so it really depends on the company culture and the situation. And and that in itself can be um, problematic for people sometimes. So I would say in that sense, that story isn't unusual because I've definitely heard of other people running into some problems with their managers over that too. And I think there is a mindset, I think, around how people are like, yes, you have this one job, you have this one stream of income, just stick to it. And maybe it's a little bit of that. So yeah. you even talking about gaining success and it creating some of that, what were some of the doors that began to open for you with the flags? Because I know you mentioned it opened up clientele and you started on Facebook, but then what led you to showing that content on other platforms as well, like TikTok and LinkedIn? Sure. So I just want to touch on what you said. It wasn't so much they knew I had a side hustle. They didn't so much mind that I had permission and they thought it was good PR for them. It was more that with my flags, I want a contest through DeWalt. It was more a jealousy thing. It was a look, she's winning this contest. She's going to Vegas. It was just, you know, I was in the paper. It was that type of thing that that was the root of her harassment to me. But yes, so I won a contest. It was a Facebook contest, but at the same time, I also decided to take my work to Instagram. So um, that's where I got into Instagram, which led to TikTok, which led to all of those things. But it was like a snowball effect. Once you open your up yourself up to possibilities, even though it's scary to put yourself out there because you also get judged, it just led to, like I said, a contest. It led to people, companies reaching out to me on LinkedIn, offering to work and collaborate with me. It's just a bunch of exciting things that have come along the way. That's really cool. <laughs> and so, yeah, I love hearing that story. So start a Facebook, you got to Instagram, just kept going and it kept yeah. opening doors and opportunities. So what were some of the biggest changes that you noticed in the year when you really were 
you know, falling back then now on these flags and really this opportunity that you created for yourself. And what surprised you about doing this even in the midst of a pandemic as well? What surprised me is the pandemic actually brought more people to me because they couldn't send their sales force out. So they looked to alternate ways that they could get their message across to new business. And that was a great thing for people that were on social media, especially I I think a lot of influencers don't take advantage of LinkedIn. I think that's like the huge opportunity that often gets overlooked because On LinkedIn, my connections are the people at the top in the corporate world making the decisions. So LinkedIn is a great avenue to get your message out and to get seen by these people that you would never meet in real life. Never. And you can put yourself on Instagram all day long, but really the chances of them reaching out to you, like LinkedIn, they know me. They feel like they have personal connection with me. So it's just being there on LinkedIn. So that has been my biggest surprise is the the people that have reached out to me to collab and the way just even me and my woodworking genre, the things that can be open within my niche. It's really been exciting. That's really cool. And that kind of leads into another question I had is, um, which you've really touched on is what were some of the initiatives you took to really create your brand story and your brand voice? Because like you said, once you knew this was what you want to do, you really which is super brave of you took the effort to go on all these platforms. And so, yeah, what kind of messaging were you putting out for yourself to really get people to connect with you and your story? And yeah, how did you craft that brand? Well, I think that at the root of it is a very strong sense of purpose. And for me, it was realizing that the tool industry, as much as I love them, were missing marketing to women. And that's really what I've built my brand around, as well as showing what I can do and the neat things and hoping to inspire. But I really set out with a very strong purpose in getting women represented in marketing. So um, yeah, that's that was what, at the heart of what I wanted to portray. So that really is in, and I didn't have to be over the top crazy, but I just wanted to show also in going with that, that you don't have to be a certain way. You don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to dress a certain way. Women are multifaceted. So I often show myself in overalls, which I work in, but then I also make a point to show myself in dresses and looking nicer than I look today because I want ladies that maybe dress up and go to work to look at me and say, I can relate to her. So that's been at the heart of my branding myself. That's really great. Mm -hmm. And even from a practical sense, if someone's watching you today and watching your journey, like you said, you want it to be relatable and that they would consider it if that's something they've ever considered, not feel intimidated. So how long did it take you in a practical sense to learn woodworking? Because I know personally in high school, that's the only time I had a chance to go to a woodworking room and I was scared of all the machines. (laughs) So yeah, what was your process even practically just getting comfortable and actually being able to create art out of it? I'm going to say probably at least a year, at least a year before I could look back and say, you know what? That turned out really good for not knowing what I was doing. So I would say give yourself at least a year and you're never going to get to a point where you're like, okay, I know all the answers. Every new thing I try to do, it's, but as you do more and get more experience, obviously it's easy to like kind of troubleshoot. Okay. Now if I put that together like that, how's that going to 
Like it does get easier, but I would say to give yourself at least a year to really feel comfortable with working with the tools and with your skill set. That sounds pretty (laughs) standard for for everything that you're working on. I also wanted to go into even another practical side of the business as well. Was there a lot of like capital involved in creating something like this or not really? No. In fact, I kind of joke about that because last month on TikTok, I think I had my stats were like 1.2 million views. And I was like, you know what, look at what I did with basically no, I mean, my, my cost to produce a lot of my projects is really very minimal. And I'm like, look at what I did with like a team of one really just on the fly. A lot of the things that I, uh, because I am working for myself, I can't Mm -hmm. spend a lot of money. A lot of the things I find on the curb even Mm. and redo, or Mm -hmm. like I had a company maybe recently that sent me lights and I included those. So you can reach a lot of people. Don't think you have to have a huge team and a huge budget. You can get your message out there with very minimal capital behind you because I've Mm. done it. Yes. And also on the same line too, do you create your content by yourself or do you also have a team around that? Nope. Just me. A lot of times people look at what I do and they assume, but I do all of my own videotaping on my phone. I don't have anything, you know, like any expensive cameras or, or lighting or anything that any other person wouldn't have. I videotape everything. I edit it. I work a lot, but I also enjoy what I'm doing. And there's nobody that will work harder than someone who's working for themselves. (laughs) Yes. You want to see a hustle, someone that really has to fight to survive, work very hard, but I like what I'm doing and I like the message and I like feeling like I made a difference. There are days that are trying Mm -hmm. and I'm really tired. And that's about the time I'll get a message from someone Mm -hmm. that'll say you inspire. I just got one this morning. It said, you inspired me. I haven't picked up a tool or done it. It was a woman on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And she said, I'm going to be doing my first projects in 30 years since Mm -hmm. I picked up a tool. You just don't know when you put yourself out there who you might inspire. And some people may never tell me, but I know that I'm making a difference. Now, I also wanted to ask you about even the audiences and the people you are influencing, kind of going back to the platforms, because I got to know about your work through LinkedIn, but on LinkedIn, you do post that you have a following on TikTok. And of course, Instagram. So I just wanted to kind of gather from you what has been some of the nuances you've noticed, because obviously demographically, there's kind of different types of audiences on each platform. But what are some of the things that you think are cool that have come towards you from each platform and some of the differences for your audience that you've noticed? Sure. Okay. well, Instagram for me is a very tight knit community of fellow woodworkers. And that's something that is very specific to Instagram. We all know each other, very supportive. And I don't find that, like say on TikTok, that is a broader range of people. Those are more, my followers are probably more people that aren't in woodworking themselves. So that's just a different, and you might get a few trolls commenting on things uh, where Instagram, like you never get hardly anybody, like the woodworkers are like this. Um, wow. So, but TikTok is fun. I know I have a lot of younger people that follow, uh, which is kind of cool. And then LinkedIn is the more professional, like I said, the decision makers, corporate people. So I have to be very careful. 
I don't share everything from TikTok on LinkedIn because you have to know your audience. And I don't think that if most of my LinkedIn people will understand some of my TikToks, Yes. Because if you're not there, <laughs> you're not going to understand that the audio that I'm using is a trending audio. Yes, or you yes. just might not get it. So I have to be careful because I these are people I do want to work with yes. that I'm not too crazy. My message somehow doesn't get lost. Right. Facebook, I use, I do post a few of my things on there, but I don't accept everyone. Facebook is my one platform where I try to keep friends and family that I know in real life. That's the one place. I guess the reason why I'm asking is it seems like even out of this, you've created a couple of streams for yourself. You have, you know, those brand partnerships, but you also mm-hmm. have the people buying the flags themselves. Yeah. So yeah. I was just curious with the different audiences, like where you kind of see that trend of one versus the other. And so that's really interesting to hear too, that on Instagram, there is that tight knit woodworking community considering that wouldn't be something I would know of on Instagram I think that's very cool for our audience that you can kind of find a community around a niche uh, if you're creating something yeah and so I wanted to ask you now that you are in the position you're in today what do you value the most about getting to do woodworking and like you said having your self-run business in this space At the heart of it, the feeling that comes from making something with your own two hands, I think that that, and now whether it's woodworking or crocheting, cooking, whatever, I feel like everyone has a creative gene in them somewhere. It's just finding out what you're good at and what you enjoy doing. But I think that that's, that's at the heart of it is saying, I made that. There's such a satisfaction of saying, I did that with my own two hands. I did that. Look what I did. I can't even describe it unless you, I mean, only people that have done it to know what I'm talking about. It's just a very satisfying feeling that I've done this. And maybe what I'm putting out, someone else will want to do that too. Where do you see your brand going like in the next two or three or five years? I know it's hard to plan nowadays with everything going on, but do you have kind of like a vision for, for where I you sure do. <laughs> I sure do. And actually I have a vision board over here. I would like, and I've not made this like a secret. I want to be sponsored by DeWalt because that's my brand of choice. I love them. They're the ones that I, when I mentioned that contest I won, they're really the ones that... It was following that contest that I started looking at the way tools were being marketed. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do something. I'm going to change an industry. I'm going to get women included. And it's just finally now starting to come around. But I want to be sponsored by them. And I would love to work with them in some capacity, whether it's uh, inspiring like a line, whether it's inspiring like a, a fan club online. I don't know, something But I feel like I'm really meant that contest didn't happen just as a fluke. There was a purpose behind it. And I feel like I was meant to be brought to them and that we're meant to work together. So that that's what I I would like to do, have a sponsorship with them. Thank you so much, Jennifer. And Mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing your story and so much value with our audience. Just wanted to give you a chance to share anything else that you'd like our audience to know about you before we unfortunately wrap up this interview because I've enjoyed learning your Aww. story. <laughs> Thank you. And it really went fast. I guess to wrap up, I'd like to let everyone know that if you want to find me, all you have to do is Google Miss DeWalt. I'm on TikTok, YouTube, uh, Instagram, like we mentioned, uh, LinkedIn. I'm under my name, Jennifer Klein, C-L-I-N-E. Uh, you can find me anywhere on Facebook. A lot of my posts are public, so they can find me on Facebook too. I hope you will follow and I hope that this message reached who needed to hear it today. 
Thank you so much. And thank you for being an inspiration to women to know that they can find their place in these spaces, even if they're not seen, they can create that pathway for themselves. So I I really (laughs) am rooting for you to get that partnership with. Thank you. (laughs) I'd love to see that. And I've even been inspired by your content, even though Uh I never in my life thought of myself even having anything remotely to do with that. It's, It's just cool to see it. And to your point, it does make it look less intimidating. And sometimes I yeah. see the content and I'm like, maybe one of these days I should just try something. We'll see. <laughs> you should at least own a drill. I'm yeah. going to say every person should own a drill just so that you can put things together. Say you buy something at Home Depot and you want to put a cabinet together at or least. just hang a shelf or do anything like a drill is the one essential thing I feel like everybody needs to have. Mm. Um, and you won't even believe, like, it's funny to look at a picture of guys and it's funny to look at a picture of women with drills. We're like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's such an empowering thing. And, and once you operate a power drill or power tool or anything, it's just, it's empowering. I know it sounds cheesy, but it's true. So you can do it. And I hope you will. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh-huh. Um, even on that line, uh, I was going to say there's this one girl on YouTube. She like lives in a van. And to your point, she did all the finishing and fixing up herself. I was just floored by it. So I think that there might be a mini movement of, you know, these ladies yep. trying to really figure it out for themselves. And I think and I'm all for it. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> Thanks again for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me.